The views and opinions on this show are that of a host and do not represent the views of Felony in Progress, Cryovato Records, or Six Degrees of a Belly Dancer. This show also contains strong language. Please be advised. everybody and welcome back to another edition of open air sonar we'll give you a bunch of fucking useless information that uh no one really cares about anyway but we're gonna go ahead and load you up anyway okay okay so i apologize first for you know my long absence you know i've been busy fall is a really extremely busy time for me and i want to apologize to those fine ladies over there at six degrees uh for putting up with my nonsense but Besides the point, um, you know, I, as some of you know, I do grow a garden, and I kind of had to take care of the whole thing myself this year from beginning to end, from planting to trimming to jarring the whole nine yards. And it took me about two and a half months, and I'm fucking beat. But I got it done, and so I'm now back with you, and let's do something fun, okay? Um, so I've, I'm sitting here at my desk, got my mood lighting going, just popped a seven up, smoked a bowl, and hey, I think we're ready to roll. So... Let's go ahead and start with an email, shall we? Everybody loves emails, don't you? Anyway, this one comes for us, comes to us from Sandy, Utah, from my good buddy and yours too, I know, Jerry. Jerry says, hey, Tony, your shows and insights have been great. I keep going back to the first metal show. I can't get past the lack of Judas Priest. What are your thoughts on the British Steel album? Other possible sonar mentions include accepting James Brown on the Soul Show. Thanks you for your time, Jerry. All right, Jerry. Um, you know, I, the metal. I, I've got to do a bunch more metal shows. I really do because I mean, I really skipped over a lot. But I do got to tell you, man, I loved fucking British Steel. British Steel was probably hands down one of my favorites. Um, you know, released uh, April fourteenth, nineteen eighty. You know, it saw the band reprise the commercial sound that they had established on Killing Machine. You know, this time they abandoned some of the dark lyrical themes which had been prominent on their previous releases. But uh, other than that, Rob Halford, you know, he said that the band may have been inspired by ACDC on Trump some tracks after supporting them on a European tour in '79. So uh, that's some food for thought. And you know what, Jerry? Tell you what, man, I got I got an idea. How about we do a whole show of nothing but Judas Priest, man? You come on, you help me do the show, man. We'll fucking bust it out. We'll we'll share some of my favorite priests, some of your favorite priests, and fuck it, man. Let's just make a show out of it, all right? So, uh, anyway, Jerry, hey, thanks for the email, brother, and give those ladies over at Six Degrees a big hug and a hello from me, and uh, hopefully be seeing you guys soon. So, anyway, moving on, people, this show is going to go deep. Uh, considering the current climate that you know, everybody is in, and, 
you know, we're going to go ahead and do activism and protest songs. And we're going to break them down and, you know, see what each of them means and, you know, if we like them or not. But, uh, so our first tune today is, comes to us from 1939, uh, Billie Holiday, which this song was considered to be one of the major first songs ever to start the civil rights movement. Uh, made a lot of people angry, too. So here is the 1939 cut of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. This is Open Air Sonar. Please stick with us, man. This is, this is going to be a good one, I promise. Holiday with her 1939 cut of Strange Fruit. Uh, the song was written and composed by Abel Maripol and recorded by Billy in 39. Uh, the lyrics were drawn from a poem that Abel himself published in 37 with the song protesting the lynching of black Americans with lyrics that compare the victims to the fruit of the trees. Uh, you know, at this moment in time, lynchings had reached 
astronomical heights and you know men were getting killed all over the place mostly african americans and photos and you know everything and you know the song has been called a declaration and the beginning of the civil rights movement um you know she got a lot of a lot of flack for this because the government did not want her playing that song and to their advantage billy happened to be a pretty heavy duty heroin addict and that was one way they could target her to keep, you know, to take away her cabaret license from actually being able to go in and play and sing the song. And her managers and everybody, you know, tell her, hey, man, you know, don't sing that song tonight. We want to get paid. But, you know, she was so, you know, high spirited and, 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 you know, just angry with everybody anyway that she said, fuck it, man. And they even made a movie about it. You guys got to check this movie. About, it's, it's great, man. It's called uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday. And it tells a really, really dark and macabre story, really, of how the government just tore at her just because they didn't want this unrest that this song was causing. Um, it's a really great film. And unfortunately, Billy died handcuffed to a hospital bed. They went and arrested her on the day she died for heroin because she just wouldn't stop singing. But anyway, Billy, where you are now, I, I hope you found peace. But anyway, we're going to go move on to our next song, people. So this song comes from us uh, from 1940. Um, and, you know, during the 40s, you know, getting ready to go into World War II, but mostly at the time it was the labor movement is what really kicked off in the early 40s. You know, I mean, nationalism was high already, so, you know, they didn't need to sing anti-American or patriotic songs because everybody was all, you know, Pearl Harbor and what have not. But so the labor unions started writing these songs. And this song comes from us from 1941, and it's by the Almanac Singers, and it's called Which Side Are You On? This is Open Air Sonar. Come back and we'll talk about it. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? 
Which side are you on? Which side are you on? That was Which Side Are You On by the New Almanac Singers, uh, their 1941 cut of which side are you on? So that song was originally written by Florence Reese, a, an American social activist, poet, and folk song writer. Um, you know, she first wrote the song in when she was 12 years old. Her father was actually a, a coal miner and, you know, organizer and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, and in, in 1931, she actually updated the song, and then the Almanac singers went and, and kind of made it their own. Um you know, it was a really hard time back then, you know, I mean, in Harlan, Kentucky at the time, I mean, my father told, my father was a UMWA organizer, and, you know, countless people died, and, you know, it, it, it really messed with a lot of people's lives, and the National Guard even had to send in to, you know, these workers, they just wanted better wages and better living, and, you know, they just weren't getting it from these greedy coal companies, so all these folk songs started coming out, you know, which side are you on, so, um, you know, it was, my dad has told me so many freaking stories about, you know, union organizing and just crazy stuff that these people went through. I mean, getting paid little money while risking their lives for these corporations to make their profits, and it started to wear on them. So, but anyway, um, Florence, Florence Reese, um, you know, her husband was also a UMWA organizer, and um, they were married for 64 years until his death from pneumococcus, or black lung. And um, after a lifetime of speaking on behalf of unions and social welfare issues, Florence died of a heart attack in 1986 at the age of 86 in Knoxville, Tennessee. So anyway, that takes us to the 50s, people. We are cutting through this stuff. So... Um, this next song I'm going to give you, you know, the 50s, I mean, it was more about, you know, country music, and I guess at the time. So Gene, Aut this is Gene Autry's cut of Old Soldiers Never Die. Um, so stick around with us on this very special open-air sonar, and we'll break it down. Come back. On the 7th of December, in the year of 41, the free world met disaster at the hands of the rising sun. From the bastions of Corregidor, Pearl Harbor, and Bataan came the sound of war and fury and the death march of free man. Old soldiers never die. Never die, never die. Old soldiers never die, they just fade away. Then from the land of way down under, a mighty voice did say, Our cause is just, in God we trust, I will return someday. From Mindanao to Tarawa, our battle song it grew, until on Sarabachi, at last old glory flew. 
And a thousand isles are just cause never ceased until one day he did return and once more there was peace and now somewhere there stands a man his duty o'er and won the world will never forget him to him we say well done Old soldiers never That was the 1951 cut of Gene Autry's Old Soldiers Never Die. Um, Autry wrote this song in response to President Truman's removal of General Douglas MacArthur from command during the Korean War. Uh, MacArthur's words in a congressional address, Old Soldiers Never Die, They Just Fade Away, inspired Autry to write the song. As per Ian Tribe's piece in Country Music Goes to War, um, Autry recorded this song the day after MacArthur's address, and it appeared on the country music charts several weeks later. So, um, yeah, definitely a patriotic song in the sense, and he, I guess he did not want MacArthur removed. Um, I mean, he was a great general who would, but um, anyway, um, there's one from the 50s for you. So now we're going to move on to where shit get really gets crazy, okay? We're popping into the 60s, okay? And this song... Uh, was written by Stephen Stills and performed by, uh, performed by Buffalo Springfield. Um, it was recorded on December 5th, 1966 as a single on Atco Records. Um, but you should definitely stick around because this one's a doozy. You're listening to Open Air Sonar. There's something happening here what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going being wrong Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds are getting so much resistance from behind Every time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going
what a field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they're carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going That was the 1966 cut of For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. Um, you know, although For What It's Worth is often considered an anti-war song, Stephen Stills was inspired to write the song because of the Sunset Strip uh, curfew riots in November of 66, you know, a series of counterculture-era clashes that took place between police and young people on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, California. Um, you know, and, and that same year, uh, Buffalo Springfield had become the house band at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and local residents and businesses had become annoyed by how crowds of young people going to the clubs and music venues along the Strip caused late-night traffic congestions. And so the cops thought that they would pass some kind of weird curfew ordinance, you know, after 10 p.m. The young fans, however, you know, they couldn't hang out, and they felt that the laws were impringing on their civil rights. But um, it actually ended up turning violent uh, with, you know, civil disturbances. And, you know, the, that evening, as many as a thousand young demonstrators, including future celebrities such as Jack Nicholson and Peter Fonda, uh, they actually got handcuffed and gathered to protest against the curfew's enforcements. And they did start out peaceful. Trouble did break out and unrest continued until the next night, periodically throughout the rest of November and December. Uh, forcing some clubs to shut down within weeks, but uh, say la vie. But anyway, we're gonna go ahead and take a break now, guys. I hope you've been enjoying the show. I have. Um, I think this is a pretty fun show for me. I get to dig out some old, old stuff that probably not a lot of people have heard in this day and age. So, anyway, you guys enjoy the break and uh, come back with us and let's kick off some more songs, people. This is Open Air Sonar. Whoa. Mercy, mercy me All things ain't what they used to be No, no Where did all the blue skies go? Poison is the wind that blows From the north and south and east Whoa, mercy, mercy me All things ain't what they used to be No, no Oil wasted on the oceans and upon our seas, fish full of mercury. Oh, oh, mercy, mercy me. Ah, oh, things ain't what they used to be. No, no. Radiation underground and in the 
sky. Animals and birds who live nearby are dying. Oh, mercy, mercy me. All things ain't what they Is there anybody going to listen to my story? All about the girl who came to stay. As a stranger to our shores, the least I can do is offer you some Ivy League hospitality. Max! Uh, this is Jude. This is my sister. My God, you, you have perfect teeth. Oh, I'm gonna try. What are you going to do if you don't go back to college? What any irresponsible, unmotivated dropout would do, go to New York, like tonight. All you need is love. Let's see a party, all right? God, I hope so. All you need is love. I just want to get your eyes raised. As blissful as you two are in the throes of young love, I got a date with Uncle Sam. We're in the middle of a revolution, Jude. And what are you doing? Doodles and cartoons? Oh, I'm sorry I'm not the man with the megaphone, but this is what I do. Hey. Don't make it bad Take a sad song and make it better Remember to let her into your heart Music's the only thing that makes sense anymore, man Play loud enough, keeps the demons at bay Welcome back to Open Air Sonar's Songs of Activism and Protests. And uh, here at Open Air Sonar, we 
generally thumb our noses and stick our finger to say fuck the man but hey we still pay our taxes on time so let's get back to the show shall we so you know the 60s really brought a lot of this music to mainstream listeners <clears throat> excuse me um and you know with with the advent of the vietnam war and you know civil rights movement i mean it was definitely a, a very radical time for change and you know in 1969, the United States had over a half a million troops in Southeast Asia, my dad being one of them. Um, and so I think that, that really separated a lot of American society who had different things to say. But I don't think that anything uh, embodies the entire era as far as music is concerned uh, than with Woodstock. So here, without further ado, I'm going to give you the Country Joe McDonald um, performance that he did um, with his song the fish cheer i feel like i'm fixing to die rag this is open air sonar and stick around with us people because uh, this is this is actually a pretty good story with this song so stick around Strong man, Uncle Sam, need your help again. Got himself in a terrible jam. Way down yonder in Vietnam. Put down your books and pick up a gun. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, there ain't no time to wonder why. We're all gonna die. Come on, Wall Street, don't be slow. I man, this is war, a go-go. There's plenty good money to be made. Supply in the army, rules of the trade. Just open it if they drop the bomb. Dropping on the Viet Cong. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, ain't no time to wonder why we're all gonna die. Now, come on, generals, let's move fast. Your big chance is here at last. Now you can go out and get those reds, because the only good commie is one that's dead. And you know that peace can only be won when you're blowing them all the kingdom come. Sing it! One, two, three. What are we fighting for? Stop the war if you can't sing any better than that. There's about 300,000 of you fuckers out there. I want you to start singing. Come on. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the Two, three, what are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. 
That was Country Joe McDonald with his 1969 Woodstock performance of The Fish Cheer, I Feel Like I'm Fixing to Die Rag. Um, you know, the song was actually uh, written for a black comedy novelty called, you know, about the Vietnam War, whose uh, familiar chorus, One, Two, Three, What Are We Fighting For, is well known for the Woodstock generation of Vietnam veterans of the 60s and 70s. McDonald actually wrote the song in about 20 minutes for an anti Vietnam War play. The Fish Chair, uh, the, uh, well, it was the band performing a call and response with the audience spelling the word fish, you know, followed by Country Joe yelling, what's that spell, twice with the audience responding, and then the third time, uh, what's that spell, followed immediately by the song. Uh, the Fish Chair evolved into the Fuck Chair after the Berkeley Free Speech Movement, and the chair was on the original recording of I Feel Like I'm Fixing to Die Rag, being played right before the song on the LP of the same name. Um... But, you know, during the summer of 68, the band played on the Schaefer Music Festival tour. Uh, Gary Chicken Hirsch suggested before one of the shows to spell the word fuck instead of fish. Although the crowd loved it, the management of the Schaefer Beer Festival did not and kicked the band off of the tour for life. Uh, the Ed Sullivan Show then canceled previously scheduled appearances by the band, telling them to keep the money they had already been paid in exchange for never playing on the show. So... Uh, McDonald was even ar- arrested and fined for uttering fuck in public. But, you know, the song speaks for itself. You know, it was a crazy time. But, uh, anyway. So, trying to keep up, people. I have moved on from 7-Up. I am now drinking Red Bull. My wife even brought me in this big old piece of edible here that I'm going to try and finish this show out on. So, anyway, we're going to hop into the 70s now, which... Um, you know, a lot of strife, um, a lot of poverty starting to happen, a lot of pollution. Uh, you know, inner cities were being overwhelmed with crime. And in 1973, Bobby Womack came out with Across 110th Street. This is Open Air Sonars. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second, but this is Open Air Sonars Songs of Activism and Protest. Stick with us, people, and we'll talk about this. Across 110th Street, 
cold shooting that dope man you're copping out. Take my advice, it's either live or die. You got to be strong if you want to survive. The family on the upper side of town will catch hell without a ghetto around. In every city you'll find the same thing going down. Harlem is the capital of every ghetto town. Let me sing it. That was Bobby Womack with Across 110th Street, which he wrote for the movie of the same name. Um, you know, released in February of 73 by United Artists, um, you know, it was actually a B-side for the release of Hang On In There. Um, and it's, it's a great song. It, you know, it, it really talks about the struggles that people were dealing with at the time, man. Uh, high crime, high inflation, no jobs, pollution. I mean, it was just... 70s in New York City, man, I could only imagine the kind of shit that went on there, but uh, it, the song was given a revival when it was uh, prominently featured in Quentin Tarantino's 97 film Jackie Brown. Um, it was also featured in Ridley Scott's 2007 film uh, American Gangster. Uh, 50 Cent told NME that 110th Street was the first song which he fell in love with because of how the situation was for black, black people in America at that time. There were a lot of struggle songs around, and it seemed to be something that really moved the people around me. I felt the power of the music and raised people up to make them angry or proud. <laughs> but anyway, moving on, people, moving on, moving on, moving on. This one takes us to 1991. Where Chuck D and Flavor Flav threw it down on Arizona with By the Time I Get to Arizona. This is Open Air Sonar, people. Stick around. I know that you've heard all kinds of stories about me. That I am a racist. That I am a supporter of the KKK. That I am against civil rights. All because I oppose the Martin Luther King holiday. But I am opposed to the holiday, and I will stay opposed to it as long as I am in office. And as long as there are city officials that agree with me, there will be no holiday in this state. Arizona have found psychological discomfort in 
was the 1991 release of By the Time I Get to Arizona by Public Enemy. 
the video for this video was extremely controversial for its depiction of black militaries assassinating uh, Arizona politicians in revenge for King, who was nonviolent. And some black activists, including King's widow, Coretta Scott King, condemned the themes of the video. And uh, Chuck D. and Public Enemy spokesman defended the video as a fictional revenge for King's assassination. Um, so he, Chuck D. wrote the song in protest at the state of Arizona where Governor uh, Evan McKean had canceled Martin Luther King Jr. Day and the people of the state voted against the proposition to reintroduce it. Deuce it. Um, and backlash to this decision included the NFL moving uh, Super Bowl 27 to California, losing around $100 million in revenue for the state. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it... Uh, <laughs> Even during a live performance of the song, the group would hang a Klansman effigy. They performed the song as their only song when opening for U2 at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, Arizona, of all places, really, in 1992. Uh, their early exit from the stage was supported by U2 singer Bono. But, God, I just, I just love fucking Public Enemy, man. I really do. I think everything they've done has just been phenomenal work but and i do like their message man i mean it can be a little harsh at times but it's cool you know but anyway we're getting down there people and i've got a song for you here uh this is the 1996 release of bulls on parade by rage against the machine stick around people we're almost done this is open air sonar thanks for sticking with me
by Rage Against the Machine from their 1996 release, Evil Empire. So, you know, Rage and its members are well known for their leftist and anti-authoritarian and revolutionary political views, and almost all of the band's song focus on these views. Uh, keys to the, key to the band's identity, Rage Against the Machine has voiced viewpoints highly critical of the domestic and foreign policies of current and previous U.S. governments. Uh, throughout its existence, Rage has, you know, and its individual members participated in political protests and other activism to advocate for these beliefs. Uh, the band sees its music as a vehicle for social acti- activism, with De La Roca explained, I'm interested in spreading those ideas through art because music has the power to cross borders, to break military sieges, and to establish real dialogue. Even Morello uh, set a wage of slavery in America. America touts itself as the land of the free, but the number one freedom that you have and I have is the freedom to enter into a subversive role in the workplace. Once you exercise this freedom, you've lost all control over what you do, what is produced, and how it's produced. And in the end, the product doesn't belong to you. The only way you can avoid bosses and jobs is if you don't care about making a living, which leads to the second freedom, the freedom to starve. Well, I guess he's got a point, but truthfully, man... I'm so sick of this shit, really. I fucking blue, red, left, right, gay, straight, trans. I don't fucking care. People are fucking people, man, and that's that's all there is to it. Um, I'm tired of this. I'm really fucking sick of it. Um, oh, well, but the other day I was thinking to myself, you know, what the world would actually be like if we weren't separated by race, by religion, by politics, by borders i mean and could you imagine if all the world's people actually came together as one and shared resources would be living in peace now probably living in space but you know it's the human condition has something known as paranoia and they're always paranoid of what they don't understand but i don't fucking get it but anyway it's been fun hanging out with you guys on this trip, and I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. I'm going to go ahead and leave now with a song that I hope that you guys will enjoy. I enjoy it. it it's uh, quite a you know paranoia thing myself. So this is the 1989 release of Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows, because, hey, who knows who's watching you. But anyway, this is Tony signing off. Thank you for joining me for this very special edition of Open Air Sonar. And I hope to all see you guys real soon. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. 
Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Before it blows 
And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Oh, everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows